Welcome back. I am Kim Munson, and uh, we are having a conversation with Phil Kachu. Uh, Phil, you are a fellow radio host right here on KLZ 560, and it is great to have you here. Yeah, thank you very much. So tell me a little bit about your show. Uh, Our show revolves around insurance claims and how to navigate your insurance company. It's designed to give uh, even insurance companies, the public... Uh, roofers, contractors, uh, information, and especially consumers to navigate their insurance claim and get what they're rightfully owed. Because a lot of times these days you're getting uh, percentages on the dollar off the hop. Okay. And so this show, it's called insuranceclaimsradio.com, correct? Correct. And uh, you're on initially two to three on Thursdays. Yes. And then you have Encore broadcasts on Saturday and Sunday as well. Correct. And this really kind of precipitated out. You're an entrepreneur. You're from Canada. Correct. So what an interesting story. Tell me your story. Well, I um, started out roofing when I was about 13, 14. Can't remember the year I was doing uh, solar panels. And, and it's hard work. Actually, my son was in the roofing hard. business. It's yes. very hard work. Yeah. yeah. And then I continued on. Instead of going to college, uh, I was running hot dog carts, a whole bunch of hot dog carts on the street in Winnipeg, Manitoba. One of my friends said, if you're not going to go to go to college right now. Why don't you go work with your friend Dave? You have roofing experience. I was like, oh gosh. So anyways, there was born another roofing company and I was fortunate in 1998 to win Young Entrepreneur from Manitoba for Canada of the Year, which was really cool because usually construction companies don't win it. So this company got Entrepreneur of the Year in Canada? Yeah, for Manitoba. So they have one for every province. Cool. Yeah, it was really cool because that's 98. That's when the tech boom and all that was going on. So it was really hard to win for a construction company. Uh, So I've pretty much been doing that amongst other things ever since. Uh, Now I'm also, I I was an insurance adjuster for the insurance industry for many years and many hurricanes. And then I switched over to being an advocate for the consumer because what I saw happening was we were just so underpaying claims that I couldn't, couldn't really stomach it anymore. Wait a minute. Hurricanes in Manitoba? No, I was in Florida (laughs) doing the hurricanes. So tell us what happened. Well, you know, I was in Manitoba in 1998, and I just had one Entrepreneur of the Year for Canada for Manitoba, and they were, were uh, Minneapolis had a huge hailstorm, and the amount the American market was paying to the contractors was like more money than we make on the job as an owner in Canada, and so I had to go and check it out, and I took a whole bunch of guys, went and checked it out. And this I, was in Minnesota? This was Minnesota okay, okay. for the 1998 uh, hailstorm. And they were paying an incredible amount of money because they needed labor. And I was like, wow. So we ended up uh, temporarily closing down the biggest residential company in Manitoba late in 1999 because we just started doing so much work in the U.S. It took us a while to get all our guys legal and mm-hmm. we had to jump through a lot of hoops and learn the bureaucratic system. But the money, because we're a socialist climate up in Canada, and a lot of people don't realize it, when we came to the U.S., you just kept a lot more money in your pocket and you got paid better. The systems are getting closer together, though, I must say, because I've been here since 98. So Canada's re- uh, moving towards more freedom or America's moving towards... America's moving towards more socialist uh-huh. type style, more taxes, yes. Uh-huh. And more bureaucratic stuff you yes. have to jump through. Okay, so you've come down, you the land of opportunity back then. Uh, it, and- it still is. Like So don't get me wrong, it's just... The comparison to Ken in the U.S., I used to. It was it was a far apart when you were 
an entrepreneur. Now it's getting closer. The U.S., I would honestly stay, say for the American dream entrepreneurs is still ahead, but not by a lot anymore. It's been eroding slowly, is, is my opinion, since I've been here off and on since 98. That is so interesting that you would say that because uh, we're, we're seeing this narrative uh, that's romanticizing socialism here in America today. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and socialism ultimately comes down to force, forcibly through taxation or public policy to take away opportunity in many cases. So a friend of mine uh, said that she had gone back, I want to say it was Hungary or the Czech Republic, and uh, she had run into a woman uh, there. i got to get this quite right. But anyway, long story uh, short is, is that um, she was so excited to talk to this woman. She, the woman had come to America and uh, she thought, oh, she's going to, she said, what do you think about America? And she's thinking, she's going to go, oh, it's so beautiful and so free. And she said, you're becoming a socialist country. And she said, it, it took, my friend said it took her breath away because we are always out there talking about the American idea. So the point I want to make is, is I think that we need to be walking this back to uh, the freedom of America. So anyway, continue, Phil. Well, yeah, it's a huge problem because, you know, I just got back out of Canada. I go back to Canada every summer. Still have much of my families there. And we're just in beautiful Lake of the Woods, northwestern Ontario. We took two weeks off, <clears throat> rented a houseboat in a cabin, and we had a blast. And, you know, when you add on all the taxes for everything, it's really expensive. You know, like we just go to the grocery store. I walk out with three little bags from Safeway, Canadian Safeway. It's $100. And you're like, wow. And so, you know, I was on the phone with one of my friends up in Vancouver today. And I told him I'm doing this show. I got invited on to, and we're going to speak a little bit about socialism. He's like, yeah. And he went off because he goes, tell them how our gasoline is $6. There is nothing free. And now we have user fees. The dentist isn't covered anymore. The eye doctor, you got user fees for the eye doctor, and I've got user fees living in British Columbia. And I said, I know, it's interesting because, you know, an alcohol, uh-huh. and alcohol is like twice the price. So I said, how much is uh, is it for 24 beer now? And Kenny's like, it's $44. And I'm like, yeah, that's a lot. He goes, depends where you go. That's British Columbia. There's different taxes for different provinces, right? So I'm originally from Manitoba, and I was like young entrepreneur in Manitoba, and my friend, one of my hockey best friends from hockey, is the mayor now in Manitoba. And I could still be doing well there, but it was it's just an oppressive system with regulation. And regulation ultimately serves corporatism, and everyone gets that mixed up. So mm-hmm. a lot of times the young in America, I find, they're complaining. They think about capital, capitalism, but they're not. They're talking about corporatism. The companies that have regulated are at the top of the pyramid and have God loads of money. And that's not what capitalism is. And that's a problem America is having. And it's getting mixed up with the youth. And I talk all the time about it. I'm Canadian. And I'm like, listen, go talk to all the Cuban people in Miami. They don't want socialism. They're educated. But, you know, the government and the far um, left side has eroded the whole education system in the U.S. And what they're teaching the children is scary. And I don't know if I'm going to let... My kids go to the private school system, and they're five. Or the public school system. Yep. Or both. Well, both. You know, homeschooling, I think, is becoming more and more of an option. I know that that is such a commitment. I tried that, but my wife is like, I want to, but I can't do it. I, She's like, not, I, I would love to, honey, but, you know, i I got to have a life, too. I'm with kids all the time. We yeah, have three kids under five. Oh, bless, so, bless you. Yeah. Bless you. And I had them. You're going to love this. I had each one of my children in a different country intentionally. So are they citizens of all those countries? Yes, they're, right now they're currently citizens of Costa Rica, Uruguay, and Antigua. 
And they're also U.S. citizens? No, no. they're here on legal visas. Okay. And they're Canadian citizens, but because their mother's American, they can always choose their U.S. citizenship. The U.S. requires you to drop one, or they want you to drop one. You're allowed to have two. So they've got a long time to make that decision. Um, we'll see where the country's going. We'll see where the country is at that particular point in time. Uh, I probably need to get your friend on to talk about socialism as well. Oh, he would love to. <laughs> okay, um, let's talk a little bit more about your story, though. As far as you came to America, you're in Minnesota. You somehow ended up down in Florida. Yeah, well, since we're in the storm business, the disaster business, um, what happened was in my city in 1996, they had a big hailstorm. I was still very young and ignorant, so I didn't understand what it meant. Because in, in Canada, we, cities get hailstorms like every 20, 30 years. It's not like Denver where we get them every year. So your phones just blow up, and you know we, we did really, really well. And then the whole bottom falls out because your half of our city got taken out. Everybody becomes a roof, and the bottom falls out. So I was the biggest, and I just closed down. And I said, we're going to Minnesota. Look what they're paying. And so I had challenges getting everybody legal, but I eventually did. And we worked our butts off, and we made fantastic money. And then storms were – we went to other storms, went to Bismarck, North Dakota, and then uh, – we were in Colorado for about four years, and then all the hurricanes hit in 204 in Florida, and we just had to go. So opportunity had knocked, and so you went to Florida. Mm-hmm. You're there for uh, – for uh, how long were you there? I was there primarily. I did still keep my business in Colorado, but I was spending most of my time in Florida from about 204 to 209. I was splitting it because we mm-hmm. did have a company here, mm-hmm. and uh, then the bottom fell out in Florida, so we just – pretty much put all our resources back in Colorado. Okay. So you're back in Colorado now. I think this is a good uh, time to talk about uh, just what brought you to insuranceclaimsradio.com because you are an entrepreneur and you've got a couple of different companies, rooftoproofing.com and poweradjusters.com. And uh, how long have you been in business then here in Colorado? Uh, we've been officially, we, we started here in the early 2000s. I think our corporation for our rooftop companies is around 203, 204 when mm-hmm. we incorporated from our proprietorship. And, you know, what we do see, because uh, Colorado <laughs> does get a lot of hailstorms, so uh, actually I think uh, in the, the uh, auto repair business, uh, body auto body repair business, as well as uh, uh, roofing business, it's a good place to be here in Colorado. Uh, we had a big hailstorm on the 4th of July down where I live, and so we're seeing a lot of roofs that are being replaced. And you do see people that kind of chase that business, and sometimes they come in and then they go out immediately. So they should people should probably really uh, check you out at insuranceclaimsradio.com uh, because you want a reputable company that you're working with, right? This right business now? is extremely shady, and you got people with low educations but an extreme high-level street smarts. So I had professors, when we had a recession in Canada, I had professors from the University of Manitoba come and want to sell for us. And I was like, oh, boy. Like, out of, like, three different levels of teaching, one guy made it. These people, are they're very creative, the salesmen, and so they can sign almost anybody at the door. And the only problem is, is that even though some of them are good people and have good intentions, the companies... Um, don't last. So what I'm saying is that they buy into a local company as a shell company to look local. They change their plates on the car. You really should go with someone that's been around in an area that you can substantiate on the internet. It doesn't matter. It says the company's local for 20 years. You want to make sure they're really local because there's all kinds of buy-ins and side deals. There's a lot of money at stake. And um, 
the consumer's really uneducated about it these days. The regulators can't do much about it because, the, honestly, the businessman's much smarter and always has the avenue. So you just want to find someone you're comfortable with is very reputable, and you want to check them out and make sure they've personally been around here for many years. There's all kinds of scams. Do never give them on residential. Sometimes you have to on commercial, but I would never give people money down on residential. We'll, we'll, we never take money down. It's just not smart. Because you place. might not ever see them again. No, it happens all the time. We get calls all the time where they gave people, oh, I gave them $7,000 down and we only had a $20,000 claim. What can you do for us? And we're like, nothing. You gave them money. Yeah. Even though you had a contract, good luck. And then sometimes people are like, well, Phil, this company, and they're an out-of-town, is given a 15-year warranty. So sometimes we'll match up to five or 10. But I'm like, you know, the warranty is meaningless. Honestly, I can't. I got to be careful what I say. I'll get a letter from a lawsuit. Some of these are national companies, but they're not going to be around in two years. You have no warranty. So what you want to make sure is that you're working with a company that is reputable. They've been in business for Colorado, and, and not just in business, but the people have been in business in Colorado. And uh, so rooftoproofing.com, that sounds like that's probably a good, pretty good place to, to go. Let's go to break, Phil Kachu. And when we come back, I've got some more questions for you about socialism, and I'd like to hear about the Canadian health care system. We'll be right back. Okay. When this Hey, welcome back. I am Kim Munson, and uh, we are having a conversation with Phil Kachu. Phil, you are a fellow KLZ radio host. It's so great to have you here. Thank you. Let people get to know you a little bit better. Your show, insuranceclaimsradio.com, is on Thursday afternoons from 2 to 3, and then Encore broadcasts are on Saturday and Sunday. And again, that's insuranceclaimsradio.com. And uh, then you have these other websites as well, but that'll get you to rooftop roofing and power adjusters also. Correct. Okay, great. Before we went to break, I mentioned I'd like to talk just a little bit more about socialism. You had mentioned that when you came to America, that uh, it, the economy seemed to be freer and that you're seeing things um, get closer to what Canada is as far as a socialist kind of um, economy. Yes. And it's funny because when we'd hit the border when I was very young and we were coming to the U.S. to work, we used to like say it was the land of milk and honey. Like as soon as we got to the American side, gasoline was a half to a third the price, milk, everything was cheaper, alcohol. And what people don't realize is that, so I would come here and work and we just got to keep a lot more money and it bought a lot more stuff. So we we just thought we were way better off, which is how we ended up Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. doing almost all of our work in the U.S. Okay. Socialism picks winners and losers. And last week we had done a story about uh, the Colorado Economic Development Commission Whenever you hear the word commission, that does not mean it's elected people. It means it's appointed people that they don't have to be accountable to us. So this commission is working to do a deal to give some unnamed company, a big company, $25 million, almost $25 million in tax incentives to bring the company here. And, Phil, what I've seen is big business and big government like each other. And socialism is big government. So to have a government start to pick winners and losers, to, to give the big guys the tax breaks when the little guys have to pay full fare and go through all the regulatory stuff, that doesn't seem fair to me. Right. And so my opinion on that is that I love the fact that 
uh, states trying to bring companies here, but it's not fair getting into the corporatism versus capitalism. You shouldn't be taxing the smaller, the weaker companies. And I know you want the business, so maybe they should be doing a better tax rule across the board, which Bingo. doesn't, which which attracts people, and that's why you see people in New York and these heavily taxed states right now fleeing them. And you know, everybody does. Like, you flee those states. I mean, I fled Canada, and I was a young entrepreneur there, and I did really well there because it's really oppressive. Yeah. And you're working, and I always go, well, how come, how come I'm going to work 14 hours a day and getting a higher tax rate than my friends at my age at 25, and they're sitting out drinking beer on the top of a mountain or whatever? They're not getting taxed on that. So I don't think it's right. I am so anti-socialism, and I come from Canada. And when I came here, I was ignorant. So I thought guns were bad. I didn't understand. I was taught socialism. So I came into this country thinking like, you know, Canada had a great, great system. And it's not the worst system Canada has, but it's nowhere equivalent to a capitalist system like you have in the U.S. For people, even poor people, it's better. And that's what they don't get. And as soon as if, if the left side does win the next election or whoever on the left, if they bring some of those deals in, you will see it become more like Europe. And if you ever go over to Europe, and I have a lot of friends there, most of my friends are dying to come to Canada or the U.S., more so the U.S., because it's like, oh, I can have a house, 2,600 square feet, a bungalow or two. I could never have that over here in England. And I have a lot of friends, and so people don't realize why they're called flats, because they're six, seven, 580 square feet. And they're paying a lot of money for those. They're very heavily taxed. And the people are just ignorant and the young people, because I got to put myself, if I was 20 years old and someone said I can have free college and a job, I'd be like, yeah, this is great. But the consequences is devastating. And if that stuff gets put, if the young people keep buying into that, it's going to change this country for the worst. Wow. Uh, you, you pretty well nailed that on, on that, uh, Phil. And uh, to that point, let's just make that again, is instead of giving this company that's come, giving, uh, my friend Helen Raleigh, who immigrated from China, she says government doesn't give anything. They just take less from one person than the other. Absolutely. So if they are going to take less from this big company, and as you mentioned, have the little guy over here pay full fare, how about instead of picking winners and losers, and the big guys are the winners, how about then what that means is, is let's take less from everybody and even that out, right? Mm -hmm. It should be equal. I don't even believe, like I've studied the U.S. tax system and I honestly don't even believe in the U.S. tax system. I'm all about, I loved it when Ted Cruz said, well, let's go to consumption tax. And I'm like, that is the best way because, you know, no offense, but accountants, all you do, like accounting, workers comp, all you do is create criminals, and it's not fair to the citizen because people with workers' comp roofing companies, it's gotten really high, especially in Florida. It's like 51 to 60%. A lot of companies are paying if they've had any accidents. And so you've got companies that, that open up fake corporations to divert the system. Like, why are we creating criminals? And the tax system is so getting oppressive, too, in the U.S. It creates criminals. I'm like, why don't we have a flat consumption tax every time you buy something so I don't have to do my taxes at the end of the year? I just have have what's left in my bank account is mine, and I'm not a criminal for trying to use a system or called a criminal. But you're creating all you know, you should not have a crazy multiple 10, multiple 10,000 plus pages. I don't know what it is, but I heard it was like as much as 50,000 pages of tax code. Oh, that it's, it's a lot that 
just pushes corporatism, not capitalism, because the rich people always can find loopholes, which I don't blame them. They're in business, make money, but there just shouldn't be all those easy loopholes. It should be even and fair. Right. They, they can hire accountants and attorneys to figure out how to navigate the system, and the little guy can't. And so ultimately, the big guy uses this to put in regulations that make it difficult for the little guy to stay in business. And again, that is totally antithetical to the American idea. There's two things that I'd really like to talk with you about, and so we're going to stay right on okay. on task. You said uh, that you didn't like guns when you lived in uh, Canada, but it implied that you're okay with the Second Amendment now, yes? Yeah, I, I think it's fantastic. The reason I didn't like it is I was ignorant, and that's what I was taught in school. So guns were dangerous, and it makes sense. Oh, yeah, guns, geez, because they deter people. But if you go look up the word democide in all the countries the last two years, where or the last 200 years, sorry, where they rounded up guns, it's shocking. It's in excess of 200 million people killed by their governments. And every single time, you go to Mao, you can go to Russia, you can go Stalin. to Nazi Germany, Stalin, you will see that when they round up guns, anywhere from a few years to 30 years, there's always some type of genocide that occurs against the people and political dissidents. So I totally believe in the Second Amendment because the biggest thing for me, and I don't have a gun, but the biggest thing for me is that if we had an oppressive government or a tyranny, which socialism ultimately leads to people, you have to be able to form militias to rise up. And it sounds horrible, but it's a fact of reality. If not, you can get in really, you, can, you won't have this American dream at all. And if we keep moving how we are, I'm going to have to pick another country in five or ten years because it's, I came here because it was a capitalist country and it was free. And individuals have rights. Well, and that is the American idea is that, uh, and it was the government was put in place to protect these rights of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. Now, did you say that word was democide? Democide. It's D E M. Let me see if I spell it right. De- I can't remember if it's dem. I think it's democide. D E M. O-C-I-D-E. Okay, yes. well, I'll try to get my computer going here, and we'll see if we can check on that. But let's stay, uh, let's stay on task here, and that is, okay, you grew up in Canada, and uh, what about the Canadian health care system? We hear it's just really, really great. Well, you know, I hear all that stuff when Michael Moore did that documentary four or five years ago, and they go to Canada, and they don't, they don't they, you know, honestly, they're just not showing the truth, and I'd take them on any time. Um, I grew up there. I've fallen three stories in Canada, shattered both heels. I've got five separated shoulders. I've got a nail through my hand when I was roofing, splintered into my wrist. I've got eight concussions, fractured skulls. I've got a broken back. I did that in the U.S., by the way, just two years ago. Um, And so I lived the healthcare system. And on top of it, uh, my mother was a nurse. She just recently passed away. She was a nurse for 50-plus years. And my sister is a surgeon up there that specializes, okay. and she does fairly well. And the system is really broken, though. First, there's user fees coming into some parts of the system now. Uh, if you go see the eye doctor, that kind of stuff, it's not free anymore because it can't sustain itself. Okay. Um, and the wait times are really, really long. And then I also realized, like, how... If they bring healthcare into the U.S., I wonder what's going to happen. Because when I remember being a kid, and I was at the doctor all the time if you just had sniffles because it was free. So there must be some stat for children. I'm sure they go to the doctor more than American children because I pay for my own children, and I take them when I think they're sick, but I don't take them for every little sniffle. Mm-hmm. But when we grew up there, that's what we were taught. It's free. You just went to the doctor to make sure, and why wouldn't you? Because it's free. Mm-hmm. So there, there's obviously abuses in the system like that. But the system costs. What it costs the taxpayer 
is what people don't realize it's not free. It's much more expensive than it's the U.S. Out in taxes. Then it's taken everything you buy. Most states have some states have a fourteen percent combined tax with uh, with the with the provincial tax and, and the national tax, and it's really high enough. But on top of it, they've put taxes into stuff. So when we buy gas, when I was just up there, gasoline. I think we were paying in Kenora, Ontario, about a buck sixty-nine or seventy-nine a liter, and there's four slightly four-plus liters in a gallon, so we're over six dollars. Uh, we're up close to seven dollars Canadian in in that area, uh, which would be like you know five and a half U.S. or whatever, or five dollars U.S. But it's it's quite a bit. It's a lot more. And when you know I have a business, so I'm running five trucks on the road, right. and each one of these trucks is about seventy to eighty dollars in the U.S. But when I was up there filling up our SUV, it was uh, like one hundred fifty-eight dollars. You know, yeah. it is Canadian, so it's to put it in perspective, it's, it's maybe about- 138 approximately, but it's yeah. still a lot more. And if you have, it's harder on business. So those costs all get passed on to the consumer, and you don't realize your standard of living and quality of life goes down. The quality of life overall in the U.S. is better. Otherwise, I wouldn't have come here, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but it is Canada is one of the better countries for socialism, but socialism always leads to, to eventually to a much worse road. Socialism ultimately... Uh- uh, gets down to force, and we're just about out of time. First of all, democide. I'm going to look that up, and uh, it's um, very interesting. It was coined back in 1994, so we'll have to look at that some more. And uh, Phil Kachu, it's just this has been fascinating. I've just loved having you in. Thank you. And uh, so go to insuranceclaimsradio.com. That's insuranceclaimsradio.com because we live in Colorado. There are hailstorms, and you want to work with reputable people. And Phil has two other businesses: Rooftop Roofing and poweradjusters.com. Phil Kachu, we're going to have to do this again. Thank you very much, Kim. Okay, thank you.